you enjoy Thanksgiving? I love it. It's the greatest holiday. You know, of course, you have to mix in the subjugation of the Native American culture that just is so depressing, you know, what, what happened. We have to acknowledge that. So we're happy and we're, everyone, everyone loves Thanksgiving, and, and, but let's remember it's an absolute horror. <laughs> it's a horror of what happened. But the warmth of it is irresistible. The warmth and the horror of this day. You know, I, I'm fine with that as a comedy bit, but we, we've got to get our heads wrapped around Thanksgiving <laughs> somehow or another. As I mentioned, my third grader said, as we sat down to the table, why are we celebrating starting a war with the Indians? Oh, boy. Which is... Because we won. Apparently no, that what, was, again, a bad attempt at humor. It's apparently what he was taught about Thanksgiving in school. All right, look. And I tweeted out an article in the New York Times that was on Thanksgiving Day about the awful treatment of the Indians throughout the years and the first Thanksgiving and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, and I tweeted out, I said, here's if you want to be sad on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I just thought, what, what is the point of this? What is the point of rehashing this situation? Why can't we all just sit down and eat and then talk about what we're thankful for? Well, hey, listen, first of all, the the whole, the first Thanksgiving was the Indians and the pilgrims sitting down is, you know, it's marginally true. They had a big old feast. And they had a party, and everybody got nuts and ate some pie, and good for them. <laughs> Watch but the it football was game. Abraham Lincoln declaring a national day of Thanksgiving, thanking God that we weren't slaughtering each other anymore as much during his term, that really gave birth to the modern Thanksgiving. So it has much more to do with, hey, we're not killing each other in this country anymore than the Indians and pilgrims, number one. Well, okay. I'll wait to your number two. I've got, I've got a common ground I think we can get to. Okay, N- number two. Is it mashed potatoes? Yeah, yes, the common ground is mashed potatoes oh, with a river Lord. of gravy. Oh, yeah. Oh, the river of gravy. God, I would eat that right freaking now if you put it in front of me. <laughs> I have no doubt. And if my hand was in the way, you'd chew it off. I have no doubt. And the other note, look, the the, the, the mistreatment of Native peoples through history across the world, across the world, everywhere, is a matter of uh, people of conscience ought to look at it and say, wow, that was wrong, that was uncool, that was racist, that was a vestige of another time. we got to make sure we don't repeat that. But the idea that if, for instance, the colonists who were at that first Thanksgiving meal, if they hadn't been there at that time, the Indians would still be living idyllic and wonderful lives, prancing across the plains in buckskins and moccasins, and, and singing and dancing without a care. That's hilarious. Well, the Indians is a ridiculous term because there's a particular tribe that had that spot of land. I guarantee you because they devastated whatever tribe had it before. Committed unspeakable tortures and killings of whoever else lived there to take that land. A process that occurred over and over and over again on practically every square inch of the continent. So, But why does this need to be discussed on Thanksgiving? Here's my It wasn't at my table. (laughs) Here's here's my common ground that I'd like to meet. I don't know why in the period of time I grew up in history was presented the way it was i mean i have some idea for it but i get why some people are bothered by that i the only thing i was taught in school was that the pilgrims came and the indians and they all loved each other and kind of just stopped there right that's the only thing i learned in school and i can understand why it would bother you that at no point in my schooling and i mean at no point in my schooling did we get into the reality of things Mm -hmm. um and and they should 
But now we've we've gone this other direction where we wallow in the other side of it. Sure. How about we just leave it out completely? And Thanksgiving is what it actually is, is we all get together best we can, eat a meal, and hopefully at some point give thanks for something. We don't need to talk about the damn pilgrims or Indians at all. Doesn't need, need to come up. Please, no. At my table, you'll be shut up. <laughs> hey, you, you, stop talking. I'm serious. Get. But my you got two choices. Stop talking or get. <laughs> Well, here's my son has come up in a period where apparently it's important to point out the other side of it and wallow in that for a while. Well, as long as we're talking about it. uh, uh, Well, first of all, before it flits out of my head, ah, too late, it flitted out of my head. Oh, the number one way to get social credit to appear as an enlightened person, a thinking person right now is self-hatred. Self-hatred of your your color of skin or your race or your nationality. If you can express self-loathing, you are worshipped as an enlightened being, which is just dumb. Now, to (laughs) the period that you're talking about when we were in school, part of it was that the U.S. faced an existential threat. Right. We had emerged not terribly long ago from World War II, in which tens of millions of people Joe and I are both in our late 90s. Tens of millions of people were killed, (laughs) funny man. And then communism killed its hundreds of millions of people. Hundreds of millions of people died. And so the idea that, all right, team, let's gather around. Let's talk about our flaws. That was just not the vibe. The vibe was, we've got to be strong. We've got to be patriotic. We've got to be fired up. Uh, are you fired up? Let's get fired up. But what's so That was the spirit of it. I, and yeah, it blinded us to certain realities, but that's I, why. I get that, but why, why teach it all if you're, if you're going to teach little kids? And the Pilgrims and the Indians got together and everything was great. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the well, next. Let's move on to the Stamp Act. Well, listen, I mean, it was point? true as far as it went. And then when you get to and slavery, it didn't go very far. And then when you get to slavery, at least in all my schooling, the slaves were mostly happy out there just <laughs> picking cotton. It was just something you did. Wow, wow. I don't <laughs> remember my schooling that way. <laughs> when you were young? Oh, well, it was seen as a horror that was ended. Yeah, slaves were just out in the field picking cotton, cotton happily. I, I remember the pictures in the school? school. I remember the pictures in the school in the school books. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. <laughs> wow. And then we just never even got into it in high school. Just never really got into it much. No, you just go over the revolutionary period over and over and over again was that in to kind avoid, of a dumb way. Was that to avoid controversy? Was that part of the reason? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, trends and, now, and fashions in education are just like trends and fashions in clothing they're they're uh, everybody follows them and they're difficult to explain when you look back well i had the same uh, schooling as stanley mccrystal who wrote a good piece for the washington post yesterday because he was talking about this very thing it's why he took down the general robert e lee painting he'd had in his home for decades as he had idolized General Robert E. Lee, and his wife finally said to him, I'm not sure the message we're sending here with this, and he thought it over and decided to. Right. He actually sent it to the dump. That's, he did. <laughs> we, we talked to him about this, and he didn't mention that. That he sent the painting to the dump? No, he said he took it down. The dump? But he, he, he talked about how in school... How did he, how did he, first, he said he was taught in school, same as I was. Slaves were basically, I mean, his view of it growing up in school was the slaves were just, you know, they're picking cotton and more or less happy doing it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the same schooling I got, more or less. And they just Robert, weren't paid, which was unfair. And, 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 uh, and Robert E. Lee was an amazing general. 
He's still seen as true. the ideal candidate at West Point, all true. But as Stanley McChrystal, I'm glossing over who he is, uh, a former general. Um, he, he ran the war effort in Afghanistan for a while, had to step down because of a Rolling Stone interview. That doesn't matter. Anyway, um, this was all fairly recently. And, uh, and he's got a book out about leadership. But he said at no point in his schooling did the question ever come up about Robert E. Lee. Why was he willing to lead uh, an army against his own country? What were his views on slavery? He said, nobody ever asked that question in mm. any discussion of Robert E. Lee throughout my schooling. Huh. We just kind of skipped over it. And that's, that's true for me, too. I, yeah, that's interesting. I, I know I've considered that at length and talked about that at length in various classes, but I don't remember exactly when they occurred. It might have been college. Um, one of Lee's things, and this is interesting from a modern perspective, is he considered himself a Virginian more than an American because your state was your primary locus of power well, well, and identity back in the day. That was a big part well, of it. Well, sure, and that, that's all very interesting. But the point, getting back to the Thanksgiving thing, because McChrystal... You said it was interesting, but your tone was very dismissive. Well, I started with this whole Thanksgiving thing, so I'm trying to put a bow on that, which I do. I put bows on top of my mashed potatoes and gravies. Great. I put a bow on top of my then pies. Then eat the bow. Then I eat the bow. Um, <laughs> you make the bow both, out of butter. Both my kids made cakes. butter bow. Both my kids made cakes again this year. <laughs> For oh, yeah. So we had those for desserts, which I didn't have any of, and neither did Laura. Oh, boy. Because they freestyle it, right? Yeah. Yes. They go They go heavy on the sprinkles. Oh, boy. So, some cleaning materials, too, if yeah. I remember correctly, <laughs> no, right? No, was no, it Windex we, or 409 this we year? We made a rules. It has to be stuff you can eat. Okay. No no Windex, no <laughs> coffee toxic. grounds, no dog treats. <laughs> Only things people eat regularly. So what were but the cakes? still, way too many sprinkles. Oh, boy. Way too much frosting. Oh, boy. The day, Henry made his with food coloring an unappealing color on purpose because he thought only he would eat it. Nobody That's would funny. eat it. He made it vomit green oh with boy. food coloring. Oh, boy. Thinking I'll get the cake to myself. Oh, boy. Anyway, the whole Thanksgiving <laughs> thing came up at, my, at, our, at, our, at our house, and Stanley, and Stanley McChrystal hit this in his Robert E. Lee screed about, you know, uh, I don't want to wallow in our uh, things that we did wrong in this country because we've mostly gotten it right. But there's no point in teaching that it was just a happy happiness. The pilgrims and Indians coming together and then just skip on to the next thing. Same with Robert E. Lee. He was a great leader anyway. Well, what? Wait a second. Why was he leading a revolt against his own country? Right. You know, wh- what did he think about slavery? How, how does that never come up? And it doesn't need to come up for second graders probably, but not even in high school? Here's a question for you. It's if you're going to study it at all. It's tangential. What is the purpose of elementary school history? Good question. What is the purpose of teaching middle school history? What is the purpose of teaching high school history? Excellent question. I would like to hear those questions answered simply and then curricula designed around that. Because I know the de facto purpose in a lot of American schools these days would be if they were, you know, you feed, uh, you know, the educational trendsetters sodium pentothal and make them answer honestly. The answer would be to teach children how terrible this country to is. To feel bad about the country they live in. Right. Yeah, that because would be self-hatred is the surest sign of enlightenment. That is the de facto goal. I'm not sure there's any point in in teaching a either a glossy, happy version of events or a, uh, a, a rolling around in the awfulness of events to to uh, to an eight year old. Yeah, well, Why it, it depends with, on the age entirely. But how about you stick with some of the founding principles we could all agree on? I think. Why not just stick with that stuff? Yeah, until you're older. 
and could get into the nuances. Right, right. Well, human beings can screw up anything, Most including telling kids what happened. If I, you know, it's it's been a while, but I think most of what I learned in history, certainly in early grade school years, was completely pointless. I'm not sure there was any point in it at all. The whole Columbus stuff, what is that for? I don't know. Italians? <laughs> Who haven't, you know, dearth of anything else to celebrate? Yeah, the Columbus thing was ludicrous. All right, I'll grant you that. A made-up version of Thanksgiving in Columbus? I mean, what is that for? Why, what, you just try to kill an hour? What are you trying to do? Why don't we go have another gym class? Play dodgeball some more. Don't ask me to climb the rope. I couldn't yesterday. I can't today. I won't tomorrow. We're going to Mars. We're landing on Mars today. Not with humans, although Elon Musk has some more on that. Ah. But we'll be getting into that later this hour. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. line is 415-295-KFTC. I don't want my first grader learning the horror of humanity quite yet. I agree. It's entirely about the age. How much can they handle? It's like having, uh, you know, it's funny. I've got a big, giant, unnecessarily long Atlantic piece in front of me why young people aren't having sex. They call it the sex recession. When you're having the sex talk with your kids, don't get into the nitty-gritty with the little kids. Give them the very basics and let them ask questions. If they're satisfied, move along. Okay, but why that? That's a you know when it's uh, your wedding night. It's maybe it's time to get into the old uh, you know the details. I'm asking this question though, the about finer the, points about oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Is there any point in introducing it in its kind of made up fairy tale way? Is there a point to that? Probably not. I no, mean, it, it ought to be as part of a uh, a, a more uh, even smorgasbord of sometimes the tribes and the folks interacted. Uh, positively, sometimes they fought to the death. Sometimes somebody'd land on a beach and immediately be slaughtered. Um, I'm not. A, I am not an America hater over this. I'm not ashamed of all of that sort of stuff. I'm not presenting it from that point of view. But it was a battle for. I happen to know you took your buckled shoes and your hat to Goodwill. Well, there you go. So I'm watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade with the kids. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff on that we enjoyed. Great. Well, the key to the whole thing is you got to record it and watch it later, so you can fast forward through the crap. Yes. Because otherwise, it's unwatchable. You do not want to see the star of the new sitcom Bloody Blah and listen to that guy talk for five minutes with Savannah Guthrie. I you think people don't. are really going to like it, Jan. It's, uh, it's about a father, a young father. Your six-year-old's not going to enjoy that. Oh, boy. And uh, they couldn't understand what was going on with Diana Ross. Diana Ross was old when I was a kid. <laughs> Disrespectful. She's still singing on... America's uh, queen, queen of soul, now that the previous one died, or something. <laughs> but anyway, she so got a giant turkey in a pilgrim outfit with the hat. And Diana the Ross was doing that? <laughs> no, a balloon. Wow, that's insensitive. But, but She's a little heavy. It happens as you get older. But the pilgrims walk in, dressed as pilgrims, and right. wave into the crowd. I mean, what's That's the... delightful. <laughs> what's the point of it? It harkens back to a simpler time, unless you're one of those people. And that time wasn't simple at no, all. No, no. Read Mayflower by Nathaniel Philbrick about what it was like to be the pilgrims. 
I mean, that's the best description of the first Thanksgiving as far as I know. Come for the malnutrition, stay for the freezing to death. And a brutal fight for supremacy over a piece of land, which is the history of the world. Right. Every bit of the world through Um, every era of history. But anyway. Except brief glimpses of peace. Actually got into uh, thinking about what my kids should be learning and what what they are learning and all that sort of stuff. With Ben Sass, who was featured in the New York Times over the weekend in the in the uh, book review section, and I love that every every week they pick an author and they ask him a bunch of questions. And this week it was Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, who really swings my way in his thoughts. And God, he is so much better a parent than I am. <laughs> oh, really? He's, he's probably better at everything. Oh, I know what you're talking but about. But he's, yeah. he's talking about his cannon for his children and his wife painstakingly choosing he has a the, cannon. Yeah. His, him and his wife painstaking. He they homeschooled all their kids, and uh, and painstakingly chose a hundred books. And he and his wife argued over years of which hundred books this would be, and how the kids have to write reports on them, and all this different stuff. And I mean, and it's complicated, thorny stuff. Starting as little kids, Oof. and I just thought, how do you even do that? But um, uh, and it was interesting. One thing he said that you would really like is he said there are way too many thirty-page books masquerading as 300 page books out there oh he said most of the 300 page books i read could have been summarized in 30 pages and it would have been better for everybody i have called for the first amendment being merely tailored (laughs) (laughs) not not changed but just uh, edited uh Every book should be 85 pages we would all learn a lot more if that were going on if if you're like super smart We'll give you a pass, 120 pages. But I want to fit this in. He was on Fox News Sunday uh, yesterday. He was actually talking about the Corey Lewandowski book. We interviewed Corey earlier in the show. Check out the podcast, which is free because we're stupid. But this is Ben Sass talking about the state of America, and he was called an enemy of the state by Corey Lewandowski, etc. So I, I haven't seen their book yet. I've never met Corey Lewandowski. I've met David Bossie before. He seems like a nice guy. Um, but language about enemies and treason, about policy and politics, is pretty warped. And I think most Americans think it's weird. Uh, when, you, when you look at the small subset of people who put politics at the center of their lives, they tend to be really, really lonely. Most healthy people uh, want to coach Little League. Uh, they want to go to their church and they want to have great co-workers at the office and they want to put on face paint uh, when Nebraska's playing football on Saturdays. That's the most natural way to live. And then you want politicians to do a limited number of things to maintain a framework for ordered liberty and then they should go back home. And the, one of the fundamental problems we have in this country is a political class of people people who are so obsessed with politics that when they go to Washington, they never actually plan to leave. That's why I'm for term limits. Uh, That's why it's messed up that five of the seven richest counties in America are the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where the lobbyists live. I think the vast majority of 320 million Americans want politics to be put back in a proper place, not to be at the center of people's worldview. Oh, amen, 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 amen. And he talks about, he said, if you watch cable news all day long and obsess about politics, you're weird. (laughs) You know... Everybody needs a hobby. Sure. But I've said it a million times. The great contest of our time isn't R versus D. It's P versus G. It's the people versus the government class. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Border Patrol agents on high alert today. We're going to have the latest for you there. And could be a major breakthrough in the fight against Alzheimer's coming up. Wow. Good stuff. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Live 
dive to Mars with Steve Kastenbaum, who's on the scene for the landing. <laughs> wow. I'm not sure that's entirely true. Hmm. He's live somewhere. Okay. NASA just should have sent the probe with him if he's already there. That'd be a good point. Hey, yeah. exciting news at armstrongandgetty.com, our website. We have Armstrong and Getty swag for the holidays. T-shirts, hoodies, all sorts of good stuff that you can uh, give to your loved ones or your enemies, <laughs> depending. Um uh, and our Cyber Monday special, buy one, get one. And I mean one, not one more, one. But you get but, the one that you bought. Right. Yes. But listen to this. Buy two, get two, buy three, get three, all the way up to a thousand. <laughs> we will give you precisely what you pay for. But Cyber Monday, uh, this ends at midnight. You know, coming up a little later, Joe will have to explain the origins of Cyber Monday, because once you hear it, you realize how made up the whole thing is. Oh, it's just silly. I get salesmanship. It's fine. That's fine. But let's not pretend it's it makes any sense. Crying, trying to create excitement where there really is none. Now, Marshall, with news that will change your life and save your life in some cases. Marshall? Border agents are being told to be on high alert today. Some migrants in a group in Mexicali across Imperial County may have military training. Now, it's unclear if the group is made up of only men or if kids are with them. NBC News is reporting the Border Patrol got the alert last night, and they're being told to be prepared for anything that might be thrown at them, including Molotov cocktails. Good Lord, really? Yep. That's, that alert went out last night. Now, Border Patrol says agents were forced to fire tear gas after hundreds of migrants on the Mexican side rushed the San Diego border yesterday. The Border Patrol Chief Carla Provost explained what happened then. Our agents were being assaulted. A large group rushed the area and they were throwing rocks and bottles at um, my men and women, putting them in harm's way as well as uh, other members of uh, the caravan. Uh, We needed to disperse the group. And they were chanting, yes we can, yes we can. Hey, no you can't. No, you can't. Follow the law. God dang it. I just, the, the conversation just wears me out. Oh, I know it. So I saw somebody on one of the talk shows yesterday, and they're making the same old, these are people who just want a better life. What kind of a childish argument is that? So are the millions who are lined up through lawful means to become citizens or to immigrate through uh, the naturalization process, and they're waiting in line. Multiple 24-hour news networks churning out content all the time. The internet actually never closes, yet we never are able to get off phase one, stage one of any of these conversations. <laughs> well don't said, get but it. it is good to Never good mind. Point. Positive, Sean. Insightful, Sean. As many as 500 migrants who stormed the border fence yesterday will now be deported from Mexico. The Mexican Interior Ministry said the group was rounded up after trying to cross the border, and they will be deported immediately. That's from the Mexico Interior Ministry. How about this? Yes. Are they white supremacists, Marshall, or are they members of the alt-right, the Mexican government? I'm confused by this, because that's the only reason you would take that action, from what I hear. How about, as a country, we debate it? Various levels. Decide how many people we want, from where, with what skills, and then let that many in. Done. Well, and then you're going to have to go to both houses of Congress and say, y'all are going to come up with a law, and you're going to vote on it. We'll give you a week's worth of food and water and toilet facilities. (laughs) After that, you're on your own, and there's no leaving. We'll chain the doors. A dangerous escalation of tensions going on between Russia and Ukraine. I'm glad you got to this. Yeah, this is ugly. Russia has confirmed it seized three Ukrainian Navy ships in the Black Sea close to Crimea. Ukraine's Navy said 
that Russian Coast Guard vessels opened fire on its ships, damaging two and injuring six crew members. The Russian special forces have boarded the vessels. They've taken control of them. Russia accuses the Ukrainian ships of unlawfully entering Russian waters. Ukraine says it's Russia that's the aggressor, and they're demanding Moscow release its sailors and ships. Supposedly, uh, the U.N. is going to be having a special meeting on this in a matter of hours. Well, that will solve it. And it is heating oh, up. It is heating Putin up dramatically. Is, Putin is very concerned with what the U.N. thinks of him. Very concerned. I hope the U.N. does not condemn. Then I must remove force. Yeah, please. He laughs at the U.N. Hey, I know we don't have time for all the news during the news, but this is a pretty yeah. big story. GM to lay off 15% yeah. of their salaried workers. Were you going to get to this? I or? was going to get to it. Go ahead. This newscast? Uh, next time round. Oh, okay. Go ahead. And uh, also halt production at five plants in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Because? Because they want to. I don't know. Because they're not profitable? Uh, let's see. It's also going to close two plants outside North America by the end of 2019. Those locations um, uh, have yet to be announced. So it's cutting 15% of its salaried workforce, laying off 25% of its executives. Yep. Whatever that means. Um Actions taking today continue our transformation to be highly agile, resilient, and profitable, while giving us the flexibility to invest in the future. A new Alzheimer's disease vaccine is showing results in animal testing. You've got researchers at the University of Texas Southwest uh, Medical Center saying the vaccine has been able to prevent the accumulation of substances in the brain linked to dementia. Now, so far, it's been tested in mice. Now, scientists are hoping to move on to human trials quickly. There's no timeline on that exactly, but they say they really want to get into the human trials. If it works, it could reduce the number of cases of the fatal disease by half. Wow. By half. It's estimated that uh, nearly uh, 6 million Americans of all ages are living with Alzheimer's dementia. That includes an estimated 5.5 million people aged 65 and older. That's a look at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We're landing on Mars today, people. And then drilling into it. A little spaceship's going to land on Mars, and we're going to report on that in just a few minutes. Also, Elon Musk talking about putting people on Mars, which he's been on that project for a while. We'll cover both those stories. What if they drill into Mars and it turns out there's like trillions of barrels of oil there? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Some sort of Martian oil. A single drop will power your car for a week. Who knows? I hope we aren't greeted with uh, Martians with ray guns. They might not be happy to see us. It'd be exciting. Uh, we'll get the latest from Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, are we going to get to see this on TV? Well, we'll ask Steve coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, our marriage is about saving America. Wow. Talking about Mika and Joe getting married over the weekend from uh, Morning Joe. but In the National Archives, in front of the Constitution. And little Mika says, and I quote, It makes sense now more than ever, given what we stand for as a couple. 
So they stay in some five-star hotel somewhere in the country as they travel around, eat at some fancy restaurant. They get limoed around. They have their hot, hot, having affairs, sex. And then they talk about how they're saving the country with their marriage. <laughs> hey, morning, wow. Joe. Hey, morning, Joe. Maybe you could have gotten the guy with the flag, the actual guy from Iwo Jima, to put the ring on the top of the flag and lower it to Mika. Because of what you stand for, but that would have been good. I wonder what that feels like to feel to 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 imagine your marriage being about saving the Constitution. But it should have put the ring in George Washington's hand in his tomb, and opened the tomb and taken it out of his hand, just because of what you stand for. Good grief. That's pretty over the top. That was absolutely astonishing. Uh, so anyway, the music you just heard, dum dum bum 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 bum. We're landing on Mars today, which is very exciting. And by we, I mean the United States, the best country that ever existed. Of course, Steve Kastenbaum, of Westwood One, is reporting on the Mars mission, what it hopes to accomplish, the nature of it. Hello, Steve. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to tuning into the NASA live webcast of Mission Control in about uh, three hours or so. Oh, cool. Excellent. I was wondering if we got to watch it, so we'll be able to see it on their website? Well, we'll be able to see Mission Control watching their computer screens, essentially, and animations, right? Because uh, there won't be live pictures broadcast back from... So they didn't think ahead to Mars. send cameras to Mars so they could film the landing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there are cameras there, but uh, it's going to take a while for the uh, image to come back from uh, the InSight spacecraft, uh, if it does indeed land safely. And there are orbiting satellites there that are tracking it, as well as some, uh, some additional uh, probes that, that went along with this mission that'll sort of you know trail the InSight craft as it enters the atmosphere. We'll be able to tell the uh, mission control folks you know where it's at, what it's doing. But it'll take 14 minutes for InSight uh, to go from 12,300 miles per hour as it enters the atmosphere to five miles per hour before it lands softly, if everything goes according to plan. And then it'll take about seven minutes for a radio beacon signal to be received by mission control. And if that beacon comes through, they'll know that InSight is alive and well, so to speak. And uh, later, uh, shortly after that, one of the orbiting satellites that we have around Mars will then pass overhead and be able to tell Mission Control whether or not the solar panels have opened successfully. And, and once they know that, then they know that the mission will be able to continue as planned. Really interesting. So what is the mission? What are they hoping to accomplish? So this particular spacecraft is not going to be roving. It's there to listen to the core of Mars using seismometers. It's going to listen to the interior of Mars, and the purpose is to find out how Mars was formed uh, to see if what we think happened is correct and, and what more we can learn from that, uh, or uh, and to see why it differs from the way Earth was formed. Now, is it really uh, is, going to be listening, or is it going to be thinking about what it's going to say while Mars is talking? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Problem a lot of us have. Wow, well, that's yeah, some exactly. sophisticated stuff. I can't even imagine how they go about that. Will it be drilling into the core or anything like that? I'm not quite sure how far into the surface it needs to uh, penetrate in order to do to do the listening. It, it certainly doesn't go as deep as the core, but it does have to penetrate the the surface a little bit. Uh, and this is part of the larger overall long term mission to get uh, astronauts to the surface of Mars. First, uh, they'll be going to the moon and then on to Mars. 
and this is part of a larger long-term plan that NASA has. Cool. Well, we look forward to it. And what's the website we check out? You can just go onto NASA's website, and they'll have the live uh, webcast, uh, the live stream from their mission control at the Jet Propulsion Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, in California. Of course, you, you know that, uh, and it's um, going to basically, you know, have a narrator giving commentary about what's going on at each step along the way. It'll have some animations to help you envision what they're talking about. Uh, but hopefully, today at some point, we'll get a, at least one still image from Insight, if everything goes according to plan. Fabulous. Steve Kastenbaum, Westwood One. Steve, uh, well done. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Take care. And, and we will have the link at armstrongandgetty.com for you. Armstrongandgetty.com, right to the uh, uh, the stuff you want. I wonder if it lands and listens and picks up some Mars radio stations. <laughs> Light traffic at 8,000 degrees today. Um, so Elon Musk is going to get there before NASA, at least he thinks. And there's a new news show on HBO. What's it called? Uh, this is from the, the people at Axios. They now have a, an hourly, okay. a weekly thing. And they interviewed Elon Musk about Mars and, uh, and went like this. You're 47. What is the likelihood that you personally will go to Mars? 70%. We've recently made a number of breakthroughs that, I, that I'm just really fired up about. And when does that happen? In our lifetimes? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about moving there. So it's like, so if, if, if you get the price per ticket, maybe around a couple hundred thousand dollars. This could be an escape hatch for rich people. No. Your probability of dying on Mars is much higher than Earth. Really, the app of going to Mars would be like Shackleton's app of going to the Antarctic. It's going to be hard. Uh, there's a good chance of death. Going in a little can through deep space. You might land successfully. Once you land successfully, there will be a mat- you'll be working nonstop to build the base. Uh, Seriously, so not, not much time for leisure. And uh, once you get there, even after doing all this, uh, it's a very harsh environment, so there's a good chance you die there. Um, we think you can come back, but we're not sure. Now, does that sound like an escape patch for rich people? And yet you would unhesitatingly go. You know, there's lots of people that climb mountains. You know why they climb mountains? Because people die on Mount Everest all the time. They like doing it for the challenge. That I thought that oh, was really interesting that stuff is there. So the difference between a winner and a whining baby, by the way. He was he was nice to answer it the way he did. No, it's not an escape hatch for rich people, you freaking moron. Jeez Louise, that was amazing. It's like Columbus and his But crew. everything should be a victim oppressor. Victim oppressor. Who's the the rich people are bad. I've heard of rich people so this must be a bad thing. It's an escape hatch for the rich, right? Jeez, what a moron. It's like all the explorers who uh, who left Europe sailing for the New World, most of which died. Right. Or, as he mentioned, Shackleton going to Antarctica. It's, 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 it would be gruesome, and you're almost certainly going to die. But how about who his... Who is this Shackleton, a rapper? Asks the interviewer. Idiot! Who was that? Do you know? <laughs> I hope it's not a friend of ours. <laughs> um, the idea that it's for the super rich to go to Mars and just relax, what, what are you picturing? Sunbathe or something? <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. They'll probably uh, build a four-star resort and sit around and sip cocktails and and, and laugh at the poor on Mars. That's what I'm picturing. (laughs) What kind of question is that? Anyway, how about the... You're 47. What's the likelihood you will will go to Mars in your lifetime? 70%. Yeah. Elon's got a bit of the promoter in him. There's no doubt. Oh, sure. God, he's a big thinker. Yeah, he is. I can't get enough of that guy. I'm I'm fascinated by him. He's an interesting persona. Yeah. Of course, he might have been so high that he's just... Oh, stop just it. all contemplation. Stop it, old man. He enjoys a little of the bud now and again, the mellow out. I don't know why that makes me so angry that that interviewer said that. 
So it's like an escape hatch for rich people? No! What? <laughs> Have no. you ever looked at Mars? The chance of dying is going to be very high, and then if you do make it, which is unlikely, and you land there, you work all day long for the rest of your short life. <laughs> We wow. think you might be able to get back, but we're not sure. The 1% get 1%er. Unbelievable. Moron. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're stupid by Martian standards. As long as we're criticizing, uh, criticizing people, the, the merest research answered several of my questions. Using a jackhammer, the probe will drill down about 16 feet into the planet and basically take the planet's temperature whilst listening for Mars quakes. To understand more of how the thing is put together. Um, taking the temperature at that depth will allow planetary scientists to determine how much heat is escaping from Mars. More broadly, this measurement and won't will... won't that change your day? Well, this will allow a clear determination of the temperature of the planet much closer to the core. Dwayne Wade, he's running away. Is he still in the heat? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, it'll tell us uh, about how Mars formed in turn. will add to the information about how rocky planets, including our own Earth typically develop um it's it's some sciencey stuff it ain't about hunting martians and bringing back their hides <laughs> their hides <laughs> which is what i'm rooting for <laughs> what are you gonna do with martian hides put it on my wall oh boy next to the zebra the moose head <laughs> now i want you to step into the seer like that minnesota dentist you want to kneel next to a martian it's carefully we get humidity controlled light lighting in here it's <laughs> Here it is, my Martian hide. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.